And I'm Chris. And what do we do here at Record Night? Record Night is where we choose the theme of a hat. We each bring a record based on that theme. We sit there and we talk about it. You know? That is what we do yeah, here. It's simple. <laughs> Concise. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 Record Night. Uh, if people want to get hold of us, maybe suggest some themes or be features, how can they do that? Well, we are on pretty much every social media platform. You can find us on Twitter at uh, record underscore night. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash record night. We are on Instagram at record night pod. And, or you can just shoot us an email at uh, record night pod at gmail.com. Yeah. All those places. Almost forgot our email address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that's all of them, right? Like, I guess we don't have a TikTok or anything like that. Not nope, that. not yet. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's... nor do we have like a PO box no, or no, no. If you guys a just... Patreon. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a lot. It takes a lot of time to go through and set all that shit up, and then if we start doing Patreon, they'll be like, we'll have to start offering things on there. You know? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what we offer. Besides, like you know, I've got nothing to offer. We could, I mean, we could always open like an OnlyFans. Oh yeah, we could do an OnlyFans. I'm sure people would be super stoked to see us on OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, how's your week? How's your week been? So far, so good. Um, I mean, Thanksgiving was last week. Mm-hmm. Up and had uh, Thanksgiving at a friend's house because he was in town visiting his family. So you, oh, you were. Was that good? That's fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hung out, had some good food. Uh, some beers, yeah, all that good stuff. I went to Texas. What about yourself? Texas. I went to my mom for Thanksgiving. Uh, we drove from Kansas City, where I live, to Oklahoma City, and like uh, for like I had to work the whole fucking day, so left at like six fifteen. Got to Oklahoma City for about midnight. We stayed at a hotel, La Quinta, and then um, uh, we drove to Texas in the morning. So got to my mom's house at like ten a.m. Had uh, some portino ones and stuff with the crawfish and um, turkey and all that other stuff. It's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah we had the we had the classic stuff. I, so I went to my friend Scott's house, yeah. and we had, uh, you know, the usual turkey and stuffing yeah. and all that good shit. And I always, I always forget. I only eat, you know, Thanksgiving food around Thanksgiving, but yeah. I fucking love Thanksgiving food. Stuffing, and I feel is, like... stuffing is the shit, right? It's awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good. I it took it took me a while to come around to it, um, and maybe it's just because how my family made it. But I think I get it now. How the stuff we fa- had this year was oh, really your good. Fa- your family didn't doesn't make good stuffing, or or maybe I just didn't like. I don't yeah, know. Maybe maybe you're it, older now. Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe I'll love it. I'm just getting into like mushrooms and shit. So oh yeah, yeah. Maybe my palate, yeah. my palate's officially refined enough to enjoy uh, soggy bread. I saw also on Friday. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. How was it? It's great. It really is. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like a lot of people are really liking it. Yeah, yeah it's great. I, uh, I I don't know if you're a big Ghostbusters fan, or are you? Yeah, I love Ghostbusters. Okay, then, then you love this, honestly. I, I fucking, I walked out so happy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to, uh, it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, yeah. And I've got that, like, uh, movie pass, AMC Stubbs thing, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I have the ability to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, dude. I like, like, uh, I've been. Mm, let's just talk about our theme real quick. Our theme yeah. is because I, I get to talk about movies, but I, I have podcasts. Well, hey, I watched that Beatles documentary. Yeah, I have yet to watch all that. seven hours of it. All seven hours. Oh, is it interesting enough to to 
Did you? I think so. It's like I'm not the I'm not the biggest Beatles fan by any stretch of the imagination, and it really made me appreciate songs I didn't like before. And it has the entirety of the uh, like rooftop performance. Oh, it does. Oh, on the street interviews, like they do this really cool thing at the end where they split it into like three separate cameras. Mm. Ones where it's like you know, rooftop up close, rooftop from another angle, and then, like, all the the on-the-street stuff, so you get to watch people on the street dealing with it, they get the cops called on them, and then there's, like, interior shots of, like, the cops being like, you gotta shut it down. (laughs) It's Peter Peter Jackson, yeah, Peter Jackson's right. Yeah, but, I don't know, it's so weird, because, like, it's one of those documentaries, I guess, I've never seen anything like it, where Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, here's seven hours of raw footage (laughs) with like it's like there's no like voiceover. Is it talking heads or anything like that? No. Wow. Okay. It's like it's legitimately it's like here. Why don't you watch them? You know, work through, let it be, and get that uh, get back for t- two hours. Jesus. Okay. So well, it's just like them just kind of like jamming in the studio, and you're just like, oh now, sure, but it's think, compelling somehow. Now I think I'm more interested. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. No talking head shit. It really kind of uh, deromanticizes demystifies a lot of the stuff in there. It's really when they got like big time directors doing like, like documentaries, like there's a uh, score says he's done two documentaries on Bob Dylan. Uh, mm-hmm. And one's called the direction home, which is a great documentary. And then he did another one recently, which is most of it was bullshit. Like, like legitimately like bullshit as in not saying, well, this is lame. No, like the things he was saying in the documentary and showing a lot of people uh-huh. didn't ever exist. They just said, Oh they my did. God. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> I'm like it's you know it's it's d- classic Dylan trolling, but Sir says he right. together and then and then I I think Jim Jarmusch did um the Give Me Danger the um the Biggie Pop documentary which yep. makes makes sense like, and then Edgar Wright did the Sparks Brothers documentary. Do you know much about the Sparks Brothers? I don't I know jack shit about the yeah. Sparks Brothers except Edgar Wright made a documentary yeah, about and them. Yeah, and then everyone's like, yeah, I love the Sparks. I'm like, do you? Do you? <laughs> I've never I heard do of them now. Yeah. yeah. I never heard them before the pop documentary, but yeah. Yeah, you've never mentioned them before. Yeah, Are you sure you love them? Thanks, thanks, internet. <laughs> but, um, All right, but yes, let's get on to our theme. That was our movie movie portion of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so this is episode forty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it I'm pretty f- sure it's forty-two. That's forty-one. Forty-one was free play. Shit. You're right. Okay, so forty-two. I mean, whatever. Episode 42. <laughs> yeah, episode 42. Right. Episode 42. Uh, sophomore slump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some doubt there. Yeah, about doubt. whether these sophomores be slumping. Yeah, a lot of people. That's like the you know the the I guess the music business term for uh, a band that they have you know all the time in the world they're at their first record and the second record they get rushed by the by whatever by time and mm-hmm. they put out a shitty record. Uh, but I put a question. Or maybe mark. they just had one good album in them. Oh, I know, right? Well, that's that's scary. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, the only person I've ever heard, like, the only, I, I've heard plenty of bands talk about it, but one I remember specifically is that Mudvayne had that problem. Like, they had a, like, they, they had all the, like, we had, like, you know, 15 years to do our first record and our second one. We just had to yeah. rush and rush and rush. And so, I mean, it's been, you know, some people that just write effortlessly, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure there's a shitload of pressure as well. Like, you got to recapture your first one, this one that, for whatever reason, took off like crazy. Isn't that weird when you see bands that, like, their first record people think is phenomenal? And you think they just, mm-hmm. most, most like, in, I don't know if it's the type of music you listen to or whatever, but, like, like 
you would think that bands that just start out, they're just getting better. They'd be getting better. Right. That's what you'd think. Yeah. 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 Instead of, instead of, uh, it was actually pretty hard. So, uh, it was hard for me on this one to find. Cause I actually went with like, I'm going to find something that's like a not great second album. Oh, you did. That one was one that was fantastic. A life changing for me. Yeah. You, <laughs> you like, you followed more along with the, the doubt in there. Yeah, and yeah. I just went, I went straight up with a sophomore, like an album that I think is a sophomore slump because honestly, sophomore slumps are harder to find. Like you hear about it. Yeah. But looking through my collection, it was like, my favorites are mostly the second album because <laughs> yeah. it feels like they finally like came into their own. They got, you know, past the growing pains a little bit. They maybe experimented a little more tweaked with their stuff. Um, yeah. But okay. What did, what did, what are you bringing? What are we going to talk about for you? Oh, uh, for, well, I brought uh, father John Misty's I Love You Honey Bear. Um, it's also Josh Tillman is father John Misty. He has plenty of like solo efforts, but this is mm-hmm. the second record as, Father John Misty. Okay. And so that, that, and you know, um, I, we're going to talk about it, but I think we're going to talk about your record first, which you brought what? I brought Pink Floyd's Saucer Full of Secrets. Sauce, Saucer Full of Secrets. And, um, I listened to this record like nine times. Uh, Pink Floyd's. Yeah. Yeah. Pink Floyd record. Yeah. Um, I listened to it a lot after I decided which one I was going to do. And I still feel exactly the same about uh, it. Uh, so, so let's um. Why don't you tell people who live under a rock, who are Pink Floyd? Yes. Who is that guy, people Pink who, Floyd? People who don't buy their music T-shirts at Target. Who, who is, who is that guy, Pink Floyd? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this, so uh, you know, new bands like that guy, Pink Floyd, or that dude, Fleetwood Mac, or um, <laughs> or you know, the other guy, Led Zeppelin. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> Led's my favorite. Yeah, but yeah, or that guy, Holland, Holland Oats. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, for people to know Pink Floyd are, who are Pink Floyd? Yeah, they are an English rock psychedelic prog with a question mark band. Well, they're like, they're uh, godfathers out of prog. Their fathers are See, prog. that's what they say, but it's like, I have never listened to a Pink Floyd album and been like, oh, that's a prog rock album. Okay, yeah. Like, even, even stuff like The Wall, I'm like, oh, it's like a rock opera. Mm. But they don't do anything particularly proggy besides have, like, long songs. Yeah, that's true. Which I mean, we'll, we'll get into yeah. a little bit with like long songs and the stuff they do, but it's there's barely anything progressive rock about it. <laughs> but Pink Floyd, made up of Roger Waters, at least at this time, Sid Barrett, Richard Wright, Nick Mason, David Gilmore. Um, they had you know the big big hits. They mm-hmm. had Dark Side of the Moon. They had The Wall. Uh, I tend to prefer the early stuff yeah. uh, from before dark side of the moon and all the way back. Yeah. Um, their first album Piper at the gates of dawn, I think is like a psychedelic rock masterpiece. Yeah. Like it's so fucking good. Um, and then this is sauce for all secrets is their sophomore release in 1968. And it's recorded during like a transition period. Yeah. And I think it really shows, uh, okay. basically, Sid Barrett was kind of declining in mental health and he was becoming like really erratic. Yeah. Like wasn't performing, wasn't showing up. He was almost making like purposefully antagonistic music towards the band. I heard this was like, people were saying it was because he was doing so much much LSD. It might be, uh, but who knows? I I think I, I haven't quite looked into what his problems ended up being, but I think 
you know, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, he just did too much acid. <laughs> um, Especially in the sixties, late sixties, someone's gonna be like, oh yeah, acid fried his brain. And you're like, was it that though? Wasn't his brain maybe fried before that? And this, yeah, it, maybe it exacerbated yeah. pre-existing mental health problems. Um, there's a f- pretty famous story of like he was trying to show the band a song uh, that he called like, "Do you got it yet?" or "Do I have it yet?" something like that. <laughs> And every time they'd play it, he'd teach it differently. Like he's like, so they'd play a part and be like, no, 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 it's this. And he'd keep changing it because the whole joke <laughs> was, yeah, do you have it yet? Or something like that. It's like, so it's, they got really annoyed. It's like that bass player that you have, you're trying to rehearse with in your band. And every time you play the song, they play the bass line differently. And you're like, do you even know like what we're playing here? Like, what's yeah. the, <laughs> like, 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 did, we, you know, uh, I have my brother had to, was in a band like that where they had a bass player who they kicked out and they got mad, but you know, high school band and Matt's like, you're playing a different bass line each time. Like you, 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 you gotta be consistent. He's like, so free. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, like it's free jazz, man. Yeah, it's free jazz, but it wasn't, it was like, what? Um, so basically what was supposed to happen mm-hmm. is uh, I think Barrett said it was a lot of like touring pressure. So they kind of agreed like, okay, you'd be a studio musician and we'll bring in this, David Gilmore guy and he'll, you know, kind of take over guitar playing and he'll, you know, kind of make up for some of your stuff. Um, and it just didn't work out that way. They one day decided before going to a gig to just straight up, not pick Barrett up. <laughs> so they're just like, fine, fuck it. And they just, so you pref- they just went off, didn't pick him up. You prefer Barrett stuff when it comes to Pink Floyd? Yeah, he only really had one album though, yeah, which yeah. we'll we'll get into a little bit when we talk about this one. But it's like he's like the creative head of their first album. Mm-hmm. This one uh, really feels like the band is trying to like compensate for him not being there. Like they didn't quite know what to do. Yeah, and it feels like, it, and then this is before you know they get to stuff like metal or. Uh, Adam Hart, Mother, Adam Mother Hart. I can never remember what order that goes. Um, it really feels like they're trying to like emulate a lot of Barrett's eccentricities and stuff that they do, and I think it's just not as good. Like it, it feels very disingenuous a lot of the times. Um, which, when we break down the the songs themselves, I'll talk about a little more. Um, I guess the only other thing before we listen to the sampler is. This album cover was the first one designed by Hypnosis for Pink Floyd, which, okay. like, from here on is, like, the same record designer. So all those iconic covers yeah. were Hypnosis. They also did stuff for Black Sabbath. They did stuff for Led Zeppelin, ELO, ACDC. So you're seeing Dark like Side of the Moon? You're seeing Dark Side of the Moon is, is, um, is a Hypnosis? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall. Uh, I can't remember which Black Sabbath album they did. Um Led Zeppelin, I think they did House of the Holy, which is like those like ladies kind of like crawling up a hill. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just like all that super iconic 70s rock uh, album covers is this, uh, I think it's a group. I think it's a couple people. Yeah. Hypnosis. Are they still around, you think? I'm not sure. I think they might have done the cover for Pink Floyd's like final album, which came out a couple years ago. Was it awful? It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they didn't get, get it much on, we don't get it much on here. Um, but I really don't like David Gilmore. Yeah. Okay. I, all of his songs sound the same. He plays the same guitar solo on everything. 
Um, so it's like you can listen to any Pink Floyd album after this one, and every time a guitar solo comes up, it's just like, oh, it was fucking David Gilmore guitar solo again. It's the same thing every time. You're gonna get uh, if you ever liked Dan Flag, which I remember correctly, you did not uh, like Dan Flag ever. Which one? Dan Flag, the band Dan Flag. Oh, Anti Flag, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, their guitar solo every time they decide to do one, exact same solo. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, like I heard this in the last record, and I, I mean, are you a guitar? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, we just played this one run a lot. But uh, you, you just want to get into the sampler? Yeah. Uh, let's check it out real quick. Kind of give everyone a little bit of context for what we're talking about. Uh, this is Saucer Full of Secrets by Pink Floyd. <laughs> Saucer Full of Secrets by Pink Floyd. Yeah, you know, when you uh, sign this record to me, I, 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 you know, like, I'm very, 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 um, very, very like, unfamiliar with Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. Like, like I, I, I have, I have like, no frame of reference for them. So I went to this pre-blind, uh, and I, I'm glad I did that on purpose. So there are parts of it I really liked. Um, yeah, there's a couple of songs on here. Uh, I think real, two some, songs I some, really, really like. There's some real bangers. There's a couple of bangers on this one. Um, uh, and I'll, we'll get to them when we get to them. But, uh, but uh, yeah, the, so when, when I, this is much more tame than I expected Pink Floyd to be when it came to experimentation. Everyone talks about Pink Floyd, like, ground-making experimental. Um, to me, this sounds a lot like 
If someone told me this was a lost Beatles record in some songs, I'd fucking believe them. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, and the Beatles, I'm not saying the Beatles are not, like, experimental. I'm just saying, like, like this, a lot of this is typical late 60s, early 70s rock. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just kind of your very typical, um, like, psychedelic rock, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're they're right on like the forefront of it, so mm-hmm. it's like at the time I don't know if sure they're the they were... first ones doing it, yeah. but it's like they're definitely doing some of the more interesting stuff at this time. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I forget when the Velo when the Velo Underground go electric. Oh you... God, I don't even know. Yeah, because anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we'll start with the first track. Um, yeah, let there be more light. Yeah, which um. It starts out with like a pretty like like you know like a like a, r- a rock riff like you know but this time rock riff sort of thing and I'm sure there are plenty of kids on the guitars trying to find ding 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 you know yeah it's really weird because it like builds it's got this like garage rock vibe mm-hmm. and like more layers keep getting added there's like percussion and organ and then it kind of um, slows down yeah <laughs> things get like panned around the mix yeah, and then yeah. there's like a cymbal wash and then it, just this really slow like baseline starts that didn't really like show up anywhere yeah. <laughs> just kind of turns into it which apparently was based on an interstellar overdrive riff which was from their first album yeah which has it's kind of got like a a moon child structure to call back to that where it's like you got a song and then seven minutes of them just fucking around and making noise so do you, do you um, know what this song's about i tried to figure it out but i was like i guess it's about like like a science fiction i got that going on uh, yeah, easy. it's just kind of, you know, sci-fi, mystic imagery. Um, I think Rush did it better, but you know. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I love when the, like, chorus kicks in and you get, what's the line? Uh, then at last the mighty ship, descending on a point, point of flame, flame yeah. made contact with the human race at middle <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's all, you know, you got these like really like triumphant chords. Like it's borderline super cheesy. Yeah. So, uh, but actually, I, just, I love it. I stay away from genius because it turns out my phone, if you're on Spotify now, has a lyrics thing. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes they're lined up with the lyrics, and other times they're just like, we don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's one song here. I'm like, this is definitely not it. <laughs> like, well, the they have all the lyrics, but it's like, um, some stuff, the more popular stuff, they'll like you know have it pop up as they say it. Oh yeah. Whereas uh, the other stuff just like slowly scrolls, and it's like <laughs> this is not in sync with the music. And it's like yeah, no shit. Song's twenty minutes long, and you've already scrolled through all the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this song uh, I, I was I was into. Uh, no, I really like this one. This yeah. is one of my favorites on here. Uh, it's got a Beatles reference on it. One of the the last lines in one of the choruses he says lucy in the sky oh yeah because well. uh, i believe this was recorded at abbey road mm. so, uh, so they were you mean they were both in the same city in the same circles talking to each other you think they're buddies Pink i think so yeah yeah, yeah i think i'd be right because uh, we do also know that the beatles and um and dylan were not friends near the end of um no <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know if anybody in the beatles was friends with anybody near the end that's true. John and Yoko were still friends, though. Mm. Till the end. True. Till the end. <laughs> um, but uh, we can move but, on. Yeah. Well, real quick, yeah. this 
one's notable for having the uh, first David Gilmore uh, guitar solo on a Pink Floyd album. And apparently the last, because it's all the same. It's all, yeah. (laughs) It's just copy-pasted onto the rest of them. So uh, my, we'll talk about number two, Remember Day, which is my second favorite song on the record. Really? I don't like this one that much. And I think it's because I'm coming at it with, from, you know, the point of reference, I've got all the context for it. Yeah. This one seems like they're trying to just kind of recapture Sid Barrett's, like, whimsical vibe you hear it a lot on their first one uh but yeah it just feels really like well i wanted to you know sing a song about like childhood and have it be kind of innocent and stuff like that there's it's a like, lot of songs on here like that i'm like oh are all these songs like gonna sound like a childhood dream <laughs> you know like, like yeah. <laughs> i'm like i'm like i'm watching a scene from a from a from like you know like a, a movie <laughs> exactly yeah they do feel like really nostalgic there's another one later on like the penultimate track Mm -hmm. is like that too where they've got this i don't know really kind of i think they have a nice vibe to it um they're just not my favorite this one was written by uh the keyboard player so it's a little more like piano based um and you know the piano does some interesting stuff but it's like you can definitely kind of tell when you know who wrote it like who you know what all the interesting stuff is written for yeah it's um it's interesting in that aspect of it it's a, but it's, it's, I, I don't know why this one struck me more than the other one. I mean, I, I was doing nine times today. So like, like obviously. Today? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, like four times today. Right. So. Damn. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm like, I need to like fucking remember this record. You know, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need it's, to dream it in there. And, this, and then they do try to throw in some, you know, psychedelic flourishes. They've got like little like tongue clicks and there's some like clocks in the mix. The beginning of there's like little space noises, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, that kind of reminds me of like a, a Tim and Paula part of the song, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, talk about Tim and Paula a little bit later, but, uh, but, uh, and not with this record, but the next one, but, uh, but, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, yeah, this one's about like the wonders of childhood. You know the, the simplicity. Yeah, hold on, hold on to childhood while you can. Yeah, yeah. You miss it's it? just like that uh, that Billy Madison thing where he's like shaking the kid. He's like, Stay Don't here. You say that. <laughs> Don't you ever say that. I, I think I can quote, quote the whole fucking movie. It's one of those ones I can really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. Why, dude? I mean, like I was. I last time I saw it was like last year, and I sat. There I'm always like, afraid to go back and watch those movies I found funny when I was a kid. I think you'd still find Billy Madison funny. I might check it out. And you might find more... you know who's not funny. You know who really doesn't hold up, mm. Jim Carrey. Yeah, I, bet. I went back and watched that stuff, and it's just like, man. So this is so Ace Ventura. This isn't funny. Ace Ventura, not no. I, I mean, I haven't seen Ace Ventura in a while, but I think I watched like Liar Liar. I think I watched. Uh, I think The Mask holds up a little little better than Liar Liar. I think Ace Ventura holds up just because of how fucking weird it was at the time. Which um, one, the first one or the second one? The first one. And uh, there is one scene from the second one that's amazing where he's coming out of the rhino. Uh, I watched that on silent on YouTube. And I still laugh my ass off. It's hilarious. But, um, I always I always preferred the second one. Yeah. I've seen the second one when we were times the first one. I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, this song, Remember Day. So, yeah, it's about it's about why can't we play today and and why can't we stay that way? I'm... I, 
Climb your favorite apple tree. That what is sing a song that can't begin without the morning's kiss. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so whimsical. I don't think I missed childhood as much as this guy did. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of kind of cool with where my said now, and I'm looking forward to more of it. But <laughs> you know, whatever. I remember day. Uh, You've got a song that can begin without a morning's kiss. Yeah. I, I get plenty of songs that begin, begin without morning's kiss. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, this is, the, I seriously, the first thing I put on this morning was this. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It, anyway. It's got a, I mean, it's got a nice vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not my favorite. But my favorite is the next song. Set the controls for, Set the, the, controls for the heart of the sun. It sounds like it should be a, uh, a like, sci-fi song, but this to me sounds like the band Ohm. Oh yeah, you ever listen to them? No, I didn't listen to Ohm. Tell me about Ohm. They might show up at some point, oh. and you'll be like, "Is this fucking set controls for the heart of the how, sun?" How old is Ohm? Like, like I, they're like a '90s band. Yeah, '90s, yeah, late '90s, mid '90s. So, um, but I like this one. It's very, you know, meditative. It's jammy. Oh yeah, it is meditative. It's, it's it is um, one of those ones that I wrote down. Like, it's it feels like you're underwater a lot doing this song. You know, like you like get the yeah, yeah, and um, it's like you said, meditate. It's you sort of you can sort of lock into it and go with yeah, because I mean, it's just that repeated bass line. They've got this like kind of low vibraphone that's in there. They've got like didgeridoo showing up at a certain the, point. They, they sample the, like seagulls. They got the organ do whatever it wants to at certain points. Um, yeah. Yeah. They've got uh, the lyrics are all inspired by like ancient Chinese poetry. And then it, you know, he starts like chant stuff, you know, it's a yeah, little, it's a little chanting, chanting, but it's all kind of whispered. Yeah. I was, the sun. I was into the, the whisper part of it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, that's more dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm into that part of your but I like I like the lyrics in this. It's a uh witness the man uh who raves, who at, the raves at the wall uh making the shape of his question to heaven whether the sun will fall in the evening. Will he remember the lesson of given? Giving. Yeah, go ahead and God, I cannot read my own handwriting sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm... You would think I'm like yeah, you know, writing it while Dude, writing on yeah, a I, ATV or some shit. I mean, I wrote, I like, I have like note taking handwriting. Mm-hmm. So really, I only I can read it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, the, but when I take notes, but like, I mean, if I'm writing something down for other people, obviously try to make it a little bit more legible. But like, yeah, like slow down a little bit. Th- this is this is like, can you? I mean, like, right? Like, it's just I have half. I can read. I can honestly read that a little better than mine. <laughs> I, There's just, just some words I write too fast, and then I write too many letters. Yeah, oh, and I'm like, what is this? I don't know if you notice this. Sometimes when I message you, I'll miss a word, like like you know, like like a, like a two or them or. Uh huh. You know, like, I'm like, like if if he didn't know me, he would think that I was just like I was uh, English was my my second language. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it still sounds like I don't know. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Uh, set the holes with trolls or something. This is definitely one of the most interesting songs on the record because, like, yeah. when it comes to walking in, um, I like I love this one. Uh, I go out of my way to listen to this one. Uh, the I mentioned it before, but it has like these like seagull sounds yeah. that I think do end up sounding pretty cheesy, like almost like they wanted to be weird and psychedelic. <laughs> like they were like, 
I mean, they are. They're a weird psychedelic band, but it's like, I don't, it, it really just feels like they didn't know what sounds to pick, but they're like, we're that band that puts weird sounds in there. What do we do? Uh, fucking throw some seagulls on there. I was watching a video today. Um, it was this guitar player making fun of Watch Mojo's top 10 hardest guitars, like rock songs to play. And, uh-huh. and they mentioned animals, uh, animals as leaders, because the the dude plays a fucking eight string guitar. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's... Oh yeah, they just keep adding strings to guitars now. Do you, Do you feel like you should like animals as leaders when it comes to prog rock? Oh, I like animals as leaders. Yeah. Do you like any of the records? Or... Huh? Do you have any of the records or anything like that? I don't like them that much. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them live accident because they were opening for Thrice once. What a weird yeah, show. It was weird. It was weird. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, eh. you know, I stood there and watched it, but this is also when thrice when I thought the, still thought thrice were good. And right. That, that's a <laughs> long time ago. I, and it was supposed to be the final tour, right? So they were selling like, uh, like flags, you know, like final tour. And now they're, now they're back and just touring all over the place. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then when they came back, I was excited for a little bit. And then I listened to the new record for like the seventeenth time, I was like, "It's not that good." <laughs> you should have only you should have only listened to it three times. Yeah, and then it was still thrice. Like, Get it? Ha ha ha! Yeah. So were you a thrice guy? No, no of course not. Uh, let's go to uh, Corporal Clegg, which I think might be the wor- my least favorite on this album. It's very very cheesy. It's really cheesy, but it tries to cover, like deep you know serious topics it's so it's just roger waters is obsessed with war because his uh i think his dad died in world war ii yeah or came back and had you know very messed up from ptsd trauma stuff like that so he but he's like obsessed with it like that he wrote it on here <laughs> you know the first song he I think wrote lyrics for he did the wall it's like it just kind of keeps showing up and showing up and it's just like oh my god he only knows how to talk about war and he also uh, added what sounds like a kazoo in here oh there are kazoos in okay. here there, okay. there's like a whole kazoo band <laughs> which uh, yeah it, you, I mean when you're a kid and you have the birthday party and a party bag there's a kazoo and you're like I don't even know how to use this shit. Like, like, like. Yeah, you got a hum. Nobody tells you that. You think you got a blow. I did buy a Long Winters kazoo because I thought it was all Long Winters. They were selling kazoos at the show for like a dollar. I don't know where it's at anymore. <laughs> but, you know. Man, they should have played Corporal Clegg. Yeah, because it, it's, yeah. Um, so this is. I just think so much about this song is really annoying. Okay. Like, they do this thing where they just kind of have this, like, screechy, repetitive guitar going on during the verses. Then it has a good, I think it has a pretty good like pre-chorus and then the main chorus kicks in, which is like uh, the kazoo band with like marching band kind of thing. I don't know. It, all of it is just irritating. Yeah. I, I hear that. Uh, I mean, it, I wrote down, it's like, it's kind of like, it, to me, this felt very Beatlesy as well. Like when it came to like, like the, the jauntiness of it, I guess. Was, uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't dislike it as much as you but because I, I got like it's all sarcastic, but it is a little heavy-handed, you know, like like Mrs. Clegg, would you like another drop of gin or whatever? Gin, because because she's drinking because her husband's an a-hole, I guess, with a wooden leg. Yeah, or he's uh, who knows. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know, this one, like, on the surface does sound pretty lighthearted until you, you know, look into the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, what do you think about Roger Waters? What do you think about Roger Waters in general? Like, do you have any thoughts on the guy? I don't, like, I don't know Pink Floyd's, like, story well enough. I've heard he's a huge asshole. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember, the, man, he wasn't in It Might Get Loud, was it? Was he in that documentary with Fuck, I don't Jack remember. White and The Edge and... It would be so hard to be distracted by someone being an asshole in that movie since... Everyone in that movie is a fucking asshole? Since, I don't know. I feel like uh, Jimmy Page is more or less fine because he gives everybody credit, yeah. but then Jack White and The Edge just smell God, their own farts dude, for an hour dude, and a half. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah, uh, Jack White thinks the only he's the only person that's ever listened to the blues. I know, and like he, uh, he's all like, he's all like, uh, you know, everyone can be guitarists. He builds this shitty sounding guitar like in front of the camera and I'm like I'm like what a douche nozzle this guy is you know like yeah <laughs> yeah it's they ex- just they just think they're so badass and then Jimmy Page is like oh yeah I mean I was in a whole band and we were all really you know we, I liked playing with everybody like he tried to give <laughs> other people credit and the edge was like I'm the only person who's ever used a guitar pedal and that, and I'm the reason that you know the Irish Revolution happened. And you're like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? You put on a beanie, play some boring ass music. Yeah, you too. I don't know like how they got so famous. You know, like like, and then they got somehow they were like, oh yeah, we're all alternative rock band. I'm like, are you? Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ugh. it was Gene Page, The Edge, and Jack White. That's who it was. And uh, I mean, Gene Page seems fine. I don't, I don't know about. I mean, right. <laughs> it's weird like when you have those bands that are pro- like, super famous and they go off and make like June Page like oh I have a new record coming you're like oh nobody cares <laughs> you know, like, yeah it, it's just a weird that movie seemed like a weird like crew of people it's like Jimmy Page cool why not get somebody else like I don't know maybe they were trying to do like multi-generational thing yeah. but it's like I think they got a Jimmy Page is a good representation of you know the time he's from and the kind of music and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the Edge, yeah. like he's nobody's favorite guitar player. Yeah, Jack I, White, like maybe he's maybe okay. part of like the new crowd, but he's so, not even like a really like a guitar so, guy. I but guess. but Jack Jack White is a fantastic guitar player. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think the Edge is like I don't think people think Edge and like man, fantastic guitar player, like cutting edge, like. I would have. Yeah. I, I think I would have rather seen Tom Morello in that movie than the. Yeah. I think that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get all the people that they hired for uh, Guitar Hero Three. Make it, don't get, it might get loud too with Slash Tom Morello and. So Tom Morello, I forget who else was in there. Tom Morello has this uh, show on Sirius XM or yeah, Lithium. That's that station called One uh-huh. Man, One Man, One Man Revolution, and so uh, he plays whatever he wants. You know, like. You'll hear two on there, he'll be, or he'll be like, "We're my band, the Night Watchman." You're like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Have you listened to Tom Morello's stuff? Like, just his like Night Watchman stuff. Just, I think I listened to Night Watchman when it first came out, and never again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Audio Slave is fine. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Like, um, like a Stone. I love that song. I love the guitar solo. I really do. Yeah, I think I think Cochise is a fantastic oh, yeah, song. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, I mean that one's also like I think it was a rejected Rage Against the Machine riff. I saw, but you like, can kind of tell the. <laughs> when you see, uh, I've seen uh, clips of Iowa Slave live, and they're playing Rage Against the Machine songs. Which Interesting. I, yeah, which I'm like Chris Cornell's doing that. Okay, 
Uh, I mean, it makes sense yeah. since the rest of the band is Rage Against <laughs> yeah, the Machine. Yeah. It's Rage Against the Machine minus Zach De La Rocha add Chris Cornell. I mean, you, but I feel like they took out the most interesting person in that band and put in Chris Cornell. I I would argue that uh, Tom Morello's oh, the most the more the more famous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're probably and more interesting. But I mean, like, I mean, but would you really notice that Tim Comerford really like quit the band? You think? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but um, a saucer full of secrets. Did you? Yeah. Did you play each part of it? Part one, part two, part three, and four of this when you get the clips? Is it? Uh, yeah, I tried to pick stuff from each part. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell because okay, it yeah. all just kind of sounds like uh, I was like meandering I, noise. I was also like listening. I was like, am I listening to a Godspeed You Like Emperor song? Because I <laughs> I got that from this. Like at least like this song. Like it's just. It's 11 minutes. I'm like, it's not, it's no moonchild. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I even, I even wrote after it was over. I was like, it's more interesting than moonchild. But it's still, it's still really directionless. Like, I guess, well, there is direction. This was all like very well planned out, but it's just, it all just kind of sounds like they're fucking around making noise. And then the drums show up for a little bit. I think, I think it's really funny how we both, uh, Zeroed in on Moonchild on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an instrumental. Uh-huh. There, I mean, there's some like singing near the end, but there's no like lyrics or anything. It's split up into four parts, but in kind of like a loose psychedelic structure. But yeah. the four parts are called part one is something else. Part two is syncopated pandemonium. Well, yeah, I mean, part the- three is storm signal. And part four is celestial voices. Because yeah, and part one is really just noise. Like, like it's, there's like, it feels like there's doing what they want to. And when part two comes in, you're like, Oh, there's the drum beat. Like three minutes. And like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is apparently at least officially, according to Roger Waters, can you, so it's Roger Waters. Uh-huh. Can you guess what he thinks this is about? LSD. No. That's not a Roger Waters lyric. Oh, okay, so, okay. What it, so, hold on a second. What does Roger Waters think of it? What What does he say it's about? I don't know what he says it's about. It's about... War. Mm. So, it's supposed to be the each, each parts. Part one is the battle setup. Part uh-huh. two is the battle. Part three is the view of the dead. And part four is the mourning of the dead. Interesting. All Roger Waters can think about is war and battles. I bet he watches like, like World War II in color a lot in history. Yeah, he's probably super into that new uh, that that uh, Peter Jackson documentary. But you, there is a fan theory that it is about an LSD trip. Oh, the that's a fan theory. I thought this was that's like the oh. fan theory. No, no, no. Roger Waters is all all about war. Okay. Yeah, I mean, mm. yeah. There, I see. Okay, I see it now. The official depiction of battle, and then the second tradition. I, I don't. It's been, it's not been mentioned or confirmed by any band of any member of Pink Floyd. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at the other part. They're saying that, like, this is what the velocity and they're very, 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 like, hmm. It's, I don't know. It's so hard for me to, you know, when you read stuff and people are like, it's about drugs. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like every Ellie's song though? was about drugs? Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think the SOS, the Saucer Full of Secrets, you think the SOS is part of it? Like the, the you know, SOS signal? Because, you know, that's what the song spells out. 
So, yeah, so maybe uh, there, uh, there might be something there. Because the other people think the saucer is how people used to be served LSD was in a saucer, and that's where the secrets are. That sounds like bullshit to me. It, yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. But um, this song is not. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go out on a limb, have a hot take. This huh? whole song sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, it's uh, I, this should be my kind of shit, and it sucks. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was like, I was like. This was a, this is eleven minutes of the record. If you take this out, it's like an EP, you know. Yeah. Like it's not only is it eleven minutes, it's almost twelve minutes, and it's the titular track. They named the album after this, which amounts to plane sounds, uh, wind chimes, a creepy organ. What is this shit uh, like live? I bet it's better live. It's probably pretty cool. I yeah. think they might have done like a section of it during uh, live at Pompeii. Like, I don't know, maybe they had better recordings of it somewhere, but it's like, I wish it built more into, like, a song. It yeah. just kind of moves it's into not really different... It's a song, it's like movements. Yeah, different movements of more just kind of, like, aimless noise. <laughs> yeah, like, drums show up, you got, like, echoey guitars that are all reversed and stuff. It, I mean, I don't know, it just kind of gets noisier and noisier, and then, well, you know uh, what? then it, like, an organ melody shows up, and that's about it. It might get loud. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it does for a second. Yeah, and it's the it's definitely my least favorite song on the record. Same. Yeah, which sucks because it takes up such a big portion of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if they were just trying to maybe like further cement like, look, we're a weird psychedelic band mm-hmm. or what, but. I think they completely missed the mark on this one. Do you think people go in that and they're like, oh, that's why they're a prog band? You know what? I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I think I think more so people probably point to The Wall as being yeah. like a prog band thing because it's like a concept album. It's long, stuff like that. But I think to like cross over into being a progressive rock band, you got to be, you know, have self-indulgent, flashy solos, a lot more stuff with... Uh, yeah, more like classical music influence. Yeah, and this, like I said, a lot of this sounds like the Beatles. Well, hmm. and, you know, and they're like, "We like a little richer." Like, okay, you drinking wine there? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> what could you be on bougie? <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm drinking hint. I'm, I gotta. I gotta get all high society with uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah, I I was gonna um, do some editing today, but my mouse ran out of batteries. So I've been using oh, this tracking pad, and I can't do. I can't, I, I get, you know, yeah, I, I'd be at that point. I'd just be like, "Fuck it, I'm not editing today." Wait, hold on, is this working now? I guess it is. I saw the light on. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Get to editing. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll be, I'll be doing it later. Well, no, we're not again. Okay, yeah, I, I, I went and looked upstairs. I'm like, yeah, I have batteries, and I, I don't have batteries. And then, like, damn, I, I used to feel so good about myself, uh, always having the things I needed. Full, uh, full thing. But I have one AA battery. I consider just dealing with a remote, but I'm not that guy. So yeah, because <laughs> then you can't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, uh, well, let's get to the next the next track on here, which is Seesaw. This is another childhood song. Yeah, and this one I I wrote down. This is kind of like warm psychedelia. Yeah, yeah, like. They somehow did a really good job, at least with like the production on this and the instrument choices. And yeah. but it's got you know a little more acoustic. My favorite instrument of all time, the Mellotron, shows up on it. Oh, you like the Mellotron one? 
I fucking love the Mellotron. Do you? I mean, the, they can't be that expensive, right? Oh, I'm sure they're like a million dollars. <laughs> like a million? <laughs> okay. I thought, uh, well, they don't make they don't make them anymore. So I'm sure to get one in working condition, you got to pay out the ass for parts. Okay, because I, I I feel like I looked at what a Mellotron was recently, and I was surprised by what it was. Uh, Here, I can explain it. Okay, it is like the original sampler, basically. So you know, on like a keyboard, like you dial in, you know, you put in your I zero six eight, so I can have a trumpet sound. Yeah, yeah. and that that plays off of like a, a chip or a sound bank, and each note corresponds to oh, you know a pitch that it is. Yeah, a Mellotron is like that, but pre-computers. So what they did is they had tapes that somebody had played, like a violin or a flute, or they had a bunch of different types of Mellotrons, mm-hmm. but it's basically like a bunch of tapes, all of different pitches that are tied to like a, you know, like a keyboard setup. Yeah. But that's how you get that early progressive rock sound. You get that early psychedelic sound. Um, so it's like the Beatles used it. King Crimson used it. Like everyone used it throughout the sixties and like early seventies until like samplers really started taking off. I bet, they, kill, I bet they keep them in like, like, Classic, like, like good studios. So, like, hey, oh, yeah. So, like, you guys want to use Mellotron? They're like, yeah, we want to use Mellotron. So, I've seen it. Yeah, people people still use Mellotrons. I think, uh, new, oh, maybe I'm wrong. One one of the newer KO Dot albums had Mellotron on it. Yeah. I'm positive Tame Impala's used some <laughs> Mellotron. Well, you know, uh, but Seesaw, like, some sort Seesaw. of Seesaw. Yeah, so it's really nice and warm and kind of comfortable. And then you've got some really interesting, like, studio trickery that adds some, like, interesting texture to it. It, like, disrupts the serene atmosphere of, like, hard pans, this, like, almost, like, orchestra sound, like, fade in, fade out. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, it does, you get this, that's why it gives that sort of childlike feel to it, again. Because, like, we're, like, I wrote down, I think, it specifically, um... Feels like a childhood memory. That's what Seesaw feels like, you know? Yeah, yeah and I think it is about yeah. one, about, you know, like playground equipment. So good good for them, you know? <laughs> Able to give the song the correct feel. I mean, you know? Yeah, and it, this one, at least compared to the previous track, is a, even though it's a little weird, mm-hmm. is still much more traditional compared to the previous track. Yeah. Um, do you want to But get it's the- fine. It's, it's not one of my favorites, um, but I don't think it's a bad song. You want to get into Jug Band Blues? Yeah. That's my favorite song on this record. Great. Well, <laughs> I've got some good news for you. There's an album out there called Piper at the Gates of Dawn. <laughs> so Jug Band Blues is the last song by Sid Barrett uh-huh. for Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, it's his only song on the album. There's rumors that he also did some stuff on Saucer Full of Secrets, mm-hmm. but people are pretty much like, eh, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's like, this is the only time he appears on the album, the only song he wrote. Um, it's got acoustic guitar, and then, like, the other instruments kind of just, like, join in whenever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really disjointed, this song. I love it, though, because yeah, yeah. it's like each each little section is like recognizable, but still sung mm-hmm. and played in a different way. Yeah. It's um, jaunty. It's kind of, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's weird that way. That it's, it's kind of a happy song, but it's fucked up. Really. It's like, it's like, it's, it's more like of like someone who's laughing, but they're crazy. <laughs> that sort of right. thing. You know, like, like what if this was Sid Barrett's Joker moment? Yeah. And so, uh, 
I, I like I even like the structure where you know you have mostly a kind of song that gets super creepy and weird to then then it gets into like a sort of a uh, ends with the acoustic guitar with the same sort of thing, which is yeah. It I just love how it's like always changing. Mm-hmm. So it's like after the second verse, like horns come in and it gives it a lot more jaunty vibe and people start you know like doing this like la 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 <laughs> thing that are it's kind of like moving around the mix and yeah, it's yeah. really interesting and then um the horn section like keeps like building up and extra sounds keep coming mm-hmm. and the la la's keep like looping <laughs> and it, it gets like really like ominous and loud and weird and then it just cuts abruptly to just him playing the guitar and singing um, sort of like a, the, the, why won't you talk to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it ends with just some cool lyrics of just like, what exactly is a dream and what exactly is a joke? And mm. I don't know. I, I really like this one. I think on this album, I like jug band blues. I like set controls for the heart of the sun and uh, let there be more light. Like those are, those are the three I really, really like on here. Yeah. So if you like jug band blues, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend checking out Piper at the Gates of Dawn just to kind of get an idea of like what Sid Barrett can do with a whole album. Okay. Oh, is that their first record? Yeah. Mm. So in the pantheon of, you know, what, 20, 25 Pink Floyd? God, they've, they've done a lot of albums. Um, and, you know, like for, for, I don't know all Bob Dylan records. I, I barely know half, you know. Um, what would you say when the Pink Floyd records you're familiar with? Where does this sit? Mm-hmm. Where does this sit? I think it's my least favorite of the early period mm-hmm. stuff, but it's still more interesting than a lot of their later period stuff. I don't yeah. know. I haven't put a lot of time. Like I, I listened to Dark Side of the Moon uh, just while I was doing work the other day, mm-hmm. and I was so bored. <laughs> like listening to early Pink Floyd, and then they're kind of like more uh, widely accepted stuff later yeah. on. I was just like, I cannot believe how boring Dark Side of the Moon is compared to it. Um, so, I mean, this is still up there because there's at least interesting ideas happening. Um, but, yeah, if I'm listening to early period stuff, I'm going to listen to Piper at the Gates of Dawn or Metal or Adam Hart Mother, or really any other one except this one. So if you had recommended Pink Floyd record to me, it'd be the first one? It would be. Okay. And really everyone. I feel like that one's a very overlooked one that, you know, they get a lot of, they get a lot of praise for like dark side of the moon through the wall. But I think their, their older stuff is, is super interesting. And better in your opinion. In, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I like when they kind of get out there with it, they get freaky with it. And I, I went, I went they for, do. I went for people to, uh, to email us hating on that. You know, like I listened to your, uh, sophomore slump episode, and you said that earlier Pink Floyd wasn't good. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, and hey, I do, I do realize it is an unpopular opinion, hot, hot take. take kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, and I, hey, I could be wrong. I accept that. Yeah. Um, if you, you like what you like, I'm not here to judge you, but I don't like it. I find it very boring. It, that's when they sound firmly like dad rock. <laughs> Like mu- music, I would have to do chores too on a Sunday morning. Oh, with your dad, make sure that mm-hmm. those, make sure you clean up those blinds so they're immaculate. You know, like, okay. Yeah, while well, I blast country and you know, animals or something like that. <laughs> oh, your dad was the animals guy. 
Uh, he was a, he's a Pink Floyd guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, Animals Pink Floyd. Gotcha. Um, I remember cleaning with my dad, and uh, you know, my dad, my brother put on glass jaw. And that's something my dad could not stand was glass jaw. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. <laughs> but uh, I was also in the, I don't hate glass jaw. It's just. You're, you guys are just bigger fans of people with stronger jaws. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so that, that, that's Pink Floyd. We talked a little about Pink Floyd. Let's talk about someone yeah. who's a bit more recent. We're going to talk about Father John. He's still just a little more recent. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Father John Misty. Father John Misty, his real name is Josh Tillman. And he uh, he has an interesting history. As in he's He was part of Fleet, Fleet Foxes. I don't know how much you know about them. Uh, but they're absolutely nothing. Okay, well they're like, I, the, you're going to see these bunch of bearded thirty five year old men who know who Fleet Foxes are right now, um, uh-huh. uh, because they came out like a like, I guess, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, Fleet Foxes were popular, and uh, Josh Tillman uh, was hired to be a drummer for them on that tour. So he went from uh, hanging up acoustic paneling in his hometown to next day being in front of 3,200 people every, every no- night watching Damn. playing. Uh, and he was also brought up as a uh, evangelical, evangelical Christian. And then of course, as most people who grew up that way are no longer that. Right. Uh, it's where he released um, one, two, three, eight records. As Jay Tillman, that no one bought, mm-hmm. and then uh, he did some mushrooms. <laughs> he went to Joshua Tree and came back and began his um, journey as Father John Misty. In 2012, he released Fear Fun, his first record. Um, I was a big fan of Fear Fun. I liked Fear Fun mm-hmm. a lot. And do you I, like the Josh Tillman stuff? It's, it's, the mushrooms did it. There's it, something yeah. about Joshua Tree mushrooms. I think. I think sort of giving that his, I think giving himself a different name and sort of almost a different personality and aspect of him as a musician. I think it really helped him in that way. Kind of allowing himself yeah. to, to, I don't know, separate himself from his own name so he can get weird with it or yeah, personal yeah, or yeah, impersonal. Well, so Fear Fun is definitely like, there's songs in here like Only Some of He's Man and other shit that's you know. Writing a novel, uh, and uh-huh. so Fear Fun by itself is there's like really only good, really only five good songs on it, but the mm-hmm. I really admire the whole record, and I knew that to me coming to his second record, I was super excited about it because I yeah I expected it to be fantastic, right? Right, and I was fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was proud of myself for heralding Father John earlier than, than everyone else. And right I, and now I, you've got that. A big fat wallet full of street cred. Yeah, like same with Sunbather. I was like super excited for Sunbather when it came out, and when uh-huh. it came out and it was amazing. I'm like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> but but, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, Father and Misty, this record to me was a life changing record. Um, mm-hmm. it, I just got married, like newly married, when I got this record. I was just married or about to get married, and this song, this record is, uh, I love you, Hey Barry. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but it's about. Um, it's it's about being married, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, or you know, uh, someone who's in a deep committed relationship, a bunch of that in here, and um, so it it may have a, 
it may have affected me more because I just got married. Um, but I, I, this record is, to me, it's fucking fantastic. And you could shit all you want and I'll still be happy because I was to it today, like twice. <laughs> um, it, and uh, I think it's one of the few records I think that I put on in the car. My wife's okay uh-huh. with it. Um, <laughs> one of the few. Yeah, one of the few because there's some stuff she's just like not into. And yeah, so, same. But I can, I can, you know, I can, I can slip this by and she'll sing along, you know. Um, <laughs> I've been getting a lot less complaints recently uh, because I've been kind of on a Beatles kick since I watched uh, that documentary. Oh, is, does does Mara like the Beatles? Or she just apparently so far it's been the only thing she hasn't been like. What are we listening to? It's been like, oh, uh, Beatles, yeah. huh? Tell me more. And I was like, oh shit, I can actually talk about music, but I don't know anything about them really. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you own any Beatles records? No, I think I I recently did a uh, within like the last like five years or so, like mm-hmm. reevaluated my take on the Beatles. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this shit the college try. I've listened to, you know, some stuff that I don't like. And I was kind of like, I'm not a Beatles fan. I don't like the Beatles. Listen through. I want to say revolver through Let It Be. Mm-hmm. And found myself really enjoying Sgt. Pepper's and Abbey Road. Yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of, I like scattered songs across mm-hmm. a bunch of other ones. Um, but yeah, I think I'm like a two B, two Beatles albums max kind of guy. I like Sgt. Pepper's quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only one I'm really familiar with, and of course all their hits. You know, to me, Hey Jude is, I talk about perfect songs, and if I think of her songs, Hey Jude was was perfect songs to me. It'll, it'll still be playing on jukeboxes a thousand years from now, in my opinion. But I, I oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, according, also according to the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know what? Before we talk more about Father John Misty's uh, other, uh, before we talk more about this record, I want to say he has four records, and this is head and shoulders above all the other ones to me. Oh, damn. But uh, that doesn't mean I don't like him. I still fucking love Father John Misty. But we'll go ahead. So and, it sounds like this is more of a sophomore hump than a slump. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and play the sampler. Uh, this is Father John Misty's "I Love You, Honey Bear," and here we go.
Just a little board in the USA Oh, just a little board in the USA Save me, white Jesus Oh, and love is just an institution based on human frailty What's your paradise gotta do with Adam and Eve? Now in just one year's time I've become jealous, real thin Prone to paranoia when I'm stoned This isn't true love, someone ought to put me in a home. So that was uh, Father John Misty's I Love You, Honey Bear. I'm really curious to hear what you thought about this record. Yeah, so this one, before I like first started taking notes on it, I put it on when I went on like a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as you know, I'm terrible at like listening to lyrics. Yeah, yeah but I, I caught them every so often mm-hmm. and like of the ones I caught, you know, it was all out of context and stuff like that. Yeah. Initially I was like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> like a lot of the, like the, the, I don't, I don't know why it was all just like the really like, not, not shitty lyrics, but like the ones where it's like kind of objectifying women. Yeah. 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 Uh, the one where he just like, there's oh, gosh, I got to remember the name of the track. Then I just uh, someone can do our apartment. Yep, that's the one. Uh-huh. Um, so I was listening to that one, and I was just like, "This guy just sounds like a huge asshole." Yeah. And I had this like picture in my mind painted of him, of he was like that one dude you went to high school with who got who did get famous, and everyone just kind of gives him a pass. It's like because I know he was like beloved, and I was just like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah. this!" You know, it's like, "Oh, cool, you put some strings over something, and you know." <laughs> talk like talk shit but like everyone thinks you're being sarcastic i don't know it was like a whole thing and then i was like all right i'm gonna listen to it again and i listened to it with like the lyrics and the notes and i was like oh actually this kind of whips this is awesome yeah so i i think that's what it was just like right off the bat the first listen yeah i don't know what it was i was probably just mishearing stuff um that colored it so poorly for me and then like immediately turned around when i started paying more attention to it yeah so um i what people he dropped Father John Misty for the same reason you initially hated him, but it's you know it's like it's the same other it's the other way around. Like to me, like a lot of his lyrics also he's cynical and hilarious. Mm-hmm. A lot of this shit's super funny. Um, I, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of funny stuff on here, mm-hmm. and I think like he does a good job of balancing like his judgmental stuff with like self deprecating. Like I'm also not perfect. Yeah. So I I can judge you. He doesn't he doesn't think he's hot shit. Yeah, and a lot of people think he he thinks he's hot shit. Like he has his head up in his own ass. But I don't get that from all. Like this this record is saying basically saying he's a flawed human being. You know? Um, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, there are some questionable lyrics on here that yeah. I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk not about a, it. Not a fan of that yeah, one. We'll talk about um, it. But uh, do you want to talk about? We'll go through the track by track. We'll start with the teacher. Let's, yeah, let's break it down. I love you, honey bear. Um, about oh, thanks. I love you too. Uh-huh. Thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I like this. It, it's you know, it starts off with kind of nice full instrumentation. Mm-hmm. You get strings, you get piano, you get some slide guitar. Yeah, 
uh, really adds this nice kind of like lush production style that well, I really enjoyed I on this mention, track. I do want to mention, so he changed his name to Father John Misty, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Fear Fun was the space he needed to get back to doing things that are a little bit more personal after that. Because right. he was he was scared of playing these songs from this record live because some of them are so personal to him and his mm-hmm. relationship with Mrs. Tillman. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, Eric and Mrs. Tillman, and she's a, she's She's a something else, man. She's great. Um, uh, uh, she's, apparently, according to him, she's an artist. And um, if you find some of her stuff online, you're like, that's really fucking interesting. You know? Huh. I might look it up. Yeah, she's like a photographer. So, um, but yeah, this one's you know kind of like maybe like end of the world or shit world, yeah. but you've got you know someone in it to you know sharing the experience with that makes yeah. it not quite so bad. Mascara blood ash and come. <laughs> no, so that was one of the lyrics. Like I think. At times, he kind of gets like a little too, a little too like graphic or a little too like, like he after that line he writes, the Rorschach sheets where we make love. It's just like, bro, that is disgusting. <laughs> I think you're uh, rolling around blood and ash and come mascara. Why is okay? I understand the ash. I understand the mascara. I understand the come. Why is there blood there? <laughs> I think I think it was more of like sort of like, I think. I, I mean, the whole thing is sort of metaphorical in a way. And, uh, I don't. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, we say it's metaphorical, you know, but still the imagery is disgusting. <laughs> of rolling around in- well, obviously it's not a Rorschach test, but like, the, I think that he's being, I I do think this is a, it feels like a very honest lyric. Oh, and yeah. I I think maybe like his his honesty is often kind of like, maybe that's where people are picking up this like full of himself kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, I got a hot wife and we're, yeah, we're fucking all the time. But, but, and you're just like, it's a lot of it is just kind of like, I do not care. Like when somebody's telling you a story and there's like, dude, oh man, we were going to pound town. And you're like, <laughs> I asked you how your Thanksgiving was. I don't care. I mean, that, that that's something, there's something to that uh, for sure. But you know, like for example, verse two starts out, you're bent over the altar. Then neighbors are complaining that the myths with missing the six or probably conceiving Damien, which is a funny work. Um, I'm glad he's not talking about basically with my huge wong out and stuck in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it never gets a lot like that, but it does. It does kind of border on the like, you know, I've had sex kind of thing. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I get it. I love this. you and your wife have sex. Yeah, I love this song. I think every song he wrote, every song he wrote in here, he sings Dama when he when he sings it live. He's looking at her. Oh yeah, yeah. So which makes it a little better. Oh yeah, um, and uh, so the, the, when I when I first heard the song, as the end of it, when he was touring for Fear Fun, and someone yelled out, "Hung I love you, anybody?" It's like, you guys really want to hear that song? You guys really want to hear that? So he was, he played it as his last song on the set. And I, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and this record was not even close to being out. It was still a year and a half out before the record came out, and he was playing that song because people asked for it because he's played it. How once. do they know about it? It was being played uh, sporadically across shows and. I guess people were finding live recordings of it. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah. And so, and so when we played that. I was like, that, that's a weird song. And it was a short <laughs> track of, of his the next record. And, um, I love this song. Uh, I mean, car, car music, man. I'll just sing along as well as I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of good singing tracks on here. He's, like, he's got yeah, They're very, they're very catchy, but they're not like show offy. He's got, he's got a great voice, Father John. Yeah. Is. Yeah. 
uh, and I've seen videos. He's hilarious in person. Like, like he does. He's he's one of the funniest musicians I've seen live. Like, just when he talks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just saying to the banter. And he's also very funny. I've seen like a making of videos on one of his records, and he was talking to his engineer but singing it. <laughs> like, 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 like <laughs> yeah. But um, let's move on to Chateau Lobby Number Four in C for two versions. Um. This is where it's about having sex. Yeah, about having sex. Uh, but this is um, which he has had. He's, it felt so good. But um, <laughs> but he actually mentions his wife by name. Um, first of all, oh yeah, yeah, it might be eats bread and butter. Um, but uh, yeah, this is basically what I got. What I've heard about this song is a song about when him and his wife uh, moved to Silver Lake in Los Angeles. And this is them, mm-hmm. about them exploring the suit, you know. I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah it's. Um, I don't. I like this one. I like the uh, the lyrics on this one because it's kind of more like, it, like you know, you you're falling in love quickly. Yeah. They want to, you know, like get. It seems like he wants to get married as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, I really like the lyric on the. Um, it's near the end. It's like I haven't hated all the same things as somebody else since I can remember. <laughs> Yeah, he he's also very cynical, Father John. You know, oh like, yeah, yeah, and um, but it's like that's something you connect with people over. It's like, ah oh, man, I fucking hate this. It's like, yeah, me too. And you're like, whoa, you yeah, do, yeah, like uh, where he talks about how he stayed the night at her place, and that when he woke up, she left him note saying, "Staying as long as you want." Like, like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you've ever had that sort of like relationship, but I have, and it's just this is it's just a love song. You know, yeah, and then which love songs on here, and this is this one, like for example, with the your wedding dress, someone was probably murdered in. I mean, I I tried to pick lines in here that that made me laugh or smile, and uh, Leah hates that line, by the way. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I hate that. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't know. But um, yeah, well, it's kind of a you know, kind of a dark. Yeah, I mean, someone getting murdered in a wedding dress. Yeah. That I don't know, maybe it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of superstition around wedding stuff, so maybe it's, maybe it's like bad luck, but they think it's a fun little quirky thing that they do for, yeah. for their relationship. I do like it says, um, dating for twenty years just feels pretty civilian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I like um, on this album you'd mentioned that it's you know it's kind of a lot of love songs, but I like that you can kind of like pinpoint the different eras of like you know, the level that they were in their relationship or if they were even in a relationship at this point. Um, like that's kind of like the central theme is like his relationship with his wife. But then it's like, Oh, here's something like from before where I'm a fucking miserable sack of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, here's this one where I'm just trying to connect with anybody. And then you get those, you know, connection points later on. Yeah. Um, it's all very, it's good. Like contrast okay. that I really liked. Listen to my least favorite song on the record. Oh really? True affection. I don't really like that song that much. I get the I liked it. I get the idea that you know it's it's a song about technology, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to connect to technology, and then so we get like a dance electronic song. I get that. I just it just isn't new for me. Uh, I thought I thought that little bit was clever, where it's you know about technology, so they make it like a synthy electronic song. And uh, I, I got like a team of Hollow vibe from it for some reason. It that, does a little bit. It's yeah. kind of got that, you know, like current synth wave kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. But I like, um, it, it's, 
based on when this was released, I feel like it probably came across as like a little, maybe a little trite, a little bit like, oh, this dude's kind of a Luddite. Like, ooh, dating's not the same. <laughs> ooh, ooh, social media exists. Yeah. I hate that because I'm a man of the world. We <laughs> live more authentically <laughs> back in the woods. You know, that kind of mid-30s hipster with a beard shit. Yeah, um, which he was. But <laughs> I feel like this song hits harder now that we've had oh yeah a it, pandemic it, where we can't fucking see anybody and we're just wanting to connect with people face to face. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I met my wife through okay Cupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that I, yeah, I get that. Like how'd you meet your wife all the time? Like all through the internet. I just say that. I don't tell them exactly where I went. When, you know, but, yeah. I don't know. Some people are really weird about it. Yeah. They got to, you know, make this like web of lies, like, oh, we didn't meet on the internet. Yeah. Like, that's some bad way yeah, to meet yeah. people. Why is that a bad way, you know? But true fiction. If it, if it works, it works. True yeah, fiction. Um, yeah. I also like, it's got a bit of like an electronic jam uh, in the end after like this 80s ass, yeah. like drum solo. I, it was cool. So this record. I like this one. This record, uh, Beyonce heard this record and, and uh, hired Josh Tillman to write songs for her. Two of them. Oh, really? He'll never do it again, by the way. He's not, he hates the pop machine. He thinks it's, it's the, he thinks it's disgusting shit, but he did it because Beyonce wanted him to write, write, write a song for her. So I do feel like that's one of those things, like if Beyonce's like, hey, can you do something for me? You'd be like, yeah. There, it doesn't matter what your opinions on Beyonce are. Yeah. Like, I'm not a Beyonce fan, but if so, if Beyonce was like, hey, and you uh, can you record a song? Yeah, he, he says that. Yeah, you betcha. He says he, he thinks most pop singers are prisoners, like like to to the the. Oh uh, really? Yeah, because imagine if you're Britney Spears and you're singing mm-hmm. someone else's song, and they give the license for that song, and then Doritos comes up and is like, "Hey, we'll put the song at the end of the commercial." Then they're taking that person's song, the one that wrote that, and just fucking just rip, like ripping ripping their heart out. Depending, oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, he also says that that's why you have to get ahead of the machine and just write songs about Doritos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, I would write songs to ooze the Doritos. Um, <laughs> I can't now. You know, like most people go on diet after the holidays. I mm-hmm. I stepped on the scale like last week. I'm like, I'm doing it before the whole. I'm doing it during. Like I'm I'm going on diet. Yeah, now. I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking pandemic, dude. Just got me all kinds of bloated. But um, um. <laughs> Let's start. Let's do the song that has the most questionable lyrics on the record. Uh, the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment. Yeah, it gets back to kind of the uh, the folksy vibe. Yeah, uh, and he talks about an insufferable girl. <laughs> and, um, uh, it's funny because yeah, she's kind of this like she she's like full of cliches, but also dumb, but then also quote unquote spiritual and just and hot as kind of in like an LA type yeah. is what I wrote. Yeah, he's as, a, you know, just very self-centered. He, I, and he uses the term malprops, which he, and if I'm not mistaken, he uses it kind of wrong, but I think on purpose. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I saw that like somebody had written that on genius is like, I think he was trying to make a point that she was using uh, the word literally yeah, wrong. Yeah. By calling it a malaprop, but it's actually you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, a yeah. hyperbolic something, <laughs> and I was exaggeration. Yeah, and it's like so he was using it wrong, I think, which I that makes it. I mean, I think that makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. But he might have he might just have made the mistake and yeah. And so Josh Josh Tillman is the uh, father. Dumb is his real name, uh, or his 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 Christian name. 
you know, uh, even Christian. But uh, but uh, I really like the song. If you um, the video for this is Father John Misty making out with himself. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. It's like him like seducing himself. Uh, there is some lines in here that made people think he is a misogynist because there's a point where um, he, he basically talks about how he's disturbed. He's, he's still having sex with her because that's what people do apparently. And yeah, but he, lot, he does say at some point he can't get a boner because he hates her so much. Yeah, he says, uh, I blize later on when you beg me to choke you, uh, which uh, if you guys don't know this, some girls like their neck being grabbed when they, when they uh, have sex. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I haven't known people like that, but um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I want to say I haven't, but I can't. I can't say for sure. Uh, but but um, uh, this uh, this song, the song's funny. He talks about this girl like using it's, but it is, <laughs> it is uh, can be, I think can be problematic for people who don't know what Father John Misty is singing about, you know? Right. He just he just wants to connect with somebody that's more like him. Yeah. His yeah, he's little all folksy the, thing. All the same things. But that... yeah, <laughs> he wants to vent his, he uses, you know, the autoerotic asphyxiation, yeah. or erotic asphyxiation, <laughs> it's not auto, because he's, he's doing it to her. Yeah. But uh, to, you know, vent his murderous rage towards this woman. <laughs> <laughs> Till I, see, I love the way he talks about, so she said she sounds just like Sarah Vaughn. I hate that soulful detection white girls put on, because I know girls who've done that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it just bothers me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> I I don't know if you've met people like this. I'm sure you have. Oh, I'm positive. Okay, yeah. yeah, and so uh, I, I I I can picture the kind of girl he's talking about, um, but I can't imagine uh, being with them in the way he's. Being with them. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, that's the night Josh only came to our apartment. Um, not and, and I like this song. It's jaunty and kind of, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's funny. I think it's probably the closest to like an actual like comedy track on this album. Yeah, which brings or at us- least it has like jokes that pay off. <laughs> <laughs> they pay off. Yeah. So uh, we get to the next song. When you're smiling, you stride me. My wife's favorite song. She thinks it's sweet as fuck. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is another one. I like the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it's basically, like, we're fucking, and you're happy while we're fucking, and that kind of worries me. But, because yeah, that's what a stride means. Your leg on either side of something. I didn't get that they were fucking. But, but, um, How else is she astride him? I've had people astride me and not having sex with me. Before, so you think? Yeah, so I think uh, I know what they really want to do, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, like he, this is about finding his wife, and he's scared that yeah, of course he is getting to her, you know, like like mm-hmm. he's terrified by being finding the person that he's supposed to be with. Yeah, and I think you know it's a bit of self reflection in there too, because he's like, I know who I am as a person. How the hell do you like this? Yeah, I do like uh, this line. You see me as I am. It's true. Famous fake drifter and horny man child. Mama's boy to boot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fake Richard being the Father John Misty. The mm-hmm. fake Richard part of it. Um, but yeah, I like, um, he does this a lot on the album where it's like the first verse will be like about him and then the second verse will be about her or reversed or something yeah. like that where you're kind of getting, I guess, like a fuller point of view. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And this has a fun little like bluesy guitar solo in it. Oh, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, like 
uh, th- this has a lot of, I guess I'd say like Elton John seventies instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously to me I like this way more than Elton John stuff, but uh, right. It, I don't know if it's because it's more recent or less weird, but I I connected. I mean, I connected with a lot of the songs on this record. Uh, when it came yeah, out. I mean, it's it's pretty uh, like truthful and honest. I think it's probably a little easier to connect to do you like the the album art by the way i do yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. by one of my favorite artists uh stacy rosich yeah and uh she did the cover for a couple earth albums i follow her on instagram and everyone else should too she a, does dope shit well i had a t-shirt from uh, father john when i went to his first show and it's basically just the cover of his first record which is a very loud to cover um uh-huh. and i had people stop me at least once a week saying they like my t-shirt <laughs> When I had that on. <laughs> nice. And I had one person, a few people, most people had no clue what it was, but they liked it. And there are people like, oh, Father John, cool Father John shirt, bro. Got that a lot too. Right. Or, and, I mean, hey, if it's got cool art, it's cool art. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this, the cover shows Father John Misty is, as a child in, uh, Mary's arms, about to suck a titty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the last thing I'll say about this song uh-huh. is it's, it gets a touch to saccharine. not like maybe a little saccharine, but it's, it's specifically the like smiling and astride me part uh-huh. is I feel like I'm seeing those kids in like, you know, when you're in high school and they're dating and it's like, they're always just like, you know, like sitting spider style where like uh, the girl's sitting yeah. astride him basically. And they're just like constantly just sitting there like cuddling and you're like, we are in history class. Like, can you or, dial it? Or back when you're for a at second? that at that show and that girl's that guys that guys behind you with their arms around her, like mine, oh mine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like uh, those people I, walking with like their hands in each other's back pockets. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that around the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not in front of anyone else. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I I I got like a true love from that song. I felt like that, like he was just. Um, it's sort it was of, like a, he was like a high schooler again. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, nothing good ever happens to the goddamn thirsty, goddamn thirsty crow. Yeah. One I, thing I will say about this album, it has long album title or long song titles, and yeah. I do like that. Oh yeah, you're into that. You're not like I, I'm big into you know big bombastic song titles. I love this song. Fucking, it's a good one. I fucking love it. Um, and this one is about basically being on tour, uh, and how much in love he is with his wife that he will never cheat on her on tour. Yeah. And she'll never cheat on him. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like that thing I was saying in yeah. the, uh, uh, in one of the previous tracks, I think the one before this about how it's, it, you got that. It's about him early on and how he's never going to cheat. And then about her and how, no matter how hard the dudes try, she's never going to cheat on him. And so I do want to mention, uh, when he says pull more women in two men or drink and hall, uh, when people come to the shows, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Dude. <laughs> I've been to Father John Misty <laughs> shows. It's a, it's about well, you even split, honestly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I remember I, I went to the first one alone, and I was watching Father John Misty in the front row. And this girl next to me was talking. I gave her this shitty look, and she's like, "Oh, you're trying to listen?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm trying to listen to." Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, That's I'm why I'm at a concert. Yeah, I'm at a concert. If you're gonna talk, you. She's probably right there. She's like, okay. She like went back to watching the show, but I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> I was. I but was, this one's got like a kind of like a slower country western mm-hmm. sound to it, which I like. It's got some really great lyrics. 
I don't know what the Georgia crawl is. By the way, he says I'm, it's apparent. I, I looked it up. It's uh, like apparently some like weird blues dance. that's apparently yeah. very provocative. But she says Wackens Page is like a Russian romantic. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then uh, he says things about you know calling someone a jerk off, <laughs> which is which is like <laughs> an old guy thing to say. I feel like if you call someone a jerk off, you're like what you know like exactly. Yeah, yeah it's very it's very old man. As he. Could have a body that'd make your daddy cry, which is hilarious to me. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, again, he's talking about my my wife is hot as fuck, <laughs> you know, like yeah, like, she's smart and she has sex with me. Yeah, yeah. So th- take that. <laughs> but <laughs> I like this song. It's a, uh, it's, it's, I, I guess, I guess it's probably my favorite song on the record. Um. Oh wow. Yeah. But uh. Tillman says that he was in, I'm going to read what he said about it. Uh, named after Thirsty Girl in Los Angeles, Whiskey Bar, Tillman claims he was in a fucking state, quote. And we wrote the song, and his quote is disgusted by this version of himself. Quote, I hear a very insecure, petulant imp who's rejected finally when he claims to love. Think of it like the object that is his. <laughs> I mean, you do kind of get that vibe yeah. of like, he, he does say she's smart, but mm-hmm. most of it is like, she's really hot and has sex with me. Yeah. And she's so hot that a bunch of other dudes want to have sex with her, but no, 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 she's mine. I own her. She is my property. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, like I, that, I think that's part of the reason why we thought wife doesn't like that song. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but I like that song quite a bit. Um, I tried to learn a guitar. It doesn't work. Most of the songs on here don't work. Acoustic guitar by itself. Most of them. Oh yeah, it needs the extra. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could probably do that with some of the later tracks on oh, here. Oh yeah, for, um, but that's Strange Encounter, I don't think. Uh, which is actually my favorite song on the album. So this is about a song. Is that I'm guessing Emma, his wife, who almost died of alcohol poisoning while he was uh, hanging out with her. Oh, I don't think this is about Emma. Yeah. I think this is about a person before her, maybe a prostitute, because he says. Uh, he, he makes like an implication. I can't remember the exact line, like something about, you know, like giving it back. Uh, giving it but away. Yeah, he says he wants to find somebody, but not like this, which makes it kind of seem like it's a, an encounter. He doesn't like. It's not so cheap, but here I am. Yeah. 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 Um, That's the line. Um, but I'm thinking this is about someone potentially a prostitute who he was with trying to, you know, get those connections. Uh, and maybe she overdosed. And yeah, they, you know, just when it comes to run you, like a, run you a Beth part, apparently when you're when someone's dying of alcohol poisoning, you're supposed to put them in a bath like like a like a warm bath, like just oh like, interesting, yeah. So that's why that that's what I got from that. But I'm trying to figure out who's looking through a telephone when you need to unlock it. You know, he says half naked. Doing what? He says half naked looking through your telephone, which uh, he's always trying to find someone to call. You know, you know, like uh. Mm-hmm. But um, the, yeah, this this song, it's yeah about she behavior, um, and um, yeah, and like I don't. Do you think? I mean, it makes it seem like it didn't really change at the end of it. But um, this oh, this what I didn't read. Genius says right here. This what Genius says. Uh, the seventh track on 2015's Honey Bear charts a night gone wrong for Mister Tillman and the continuing search for a soulmate. So you're right, not Emma. Just, As usual, yeah, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, fucker. But um, 
Who's the real Father John Misty fan now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is your favorite song here? Yeah, I really like this one. I think the lyrics are good and honest and like ugly, but yeah. not in not in that way that I think it comes across as like objectifying or gross or anything like that. I think it a lot of it reflects more on him and like the the company he chooses to keep and you know, he's kind of reflecting on what he wants. Like he you know, he's searching for a soulmate, but he's he's stuck in these stupid habits of apparently getting super drunk and just, you know, drinking to excess and more or less having to, I don't know, back alley, save someone's life from, uh, alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does show him as a making questionable choices. Mm -hmm. And it's got a fuzzy guitar solo. And I like those. You know, the next song also piggyback on the, she like choices, the ideal husband. Yes. Um, and we will, we'll we'll get into a li- it a little bit, but basically from this point to the end, I think the album hits a really weird lull. I disagree. Where I feel like the album kind of like fizzles out almost because it had all this like really interesting production, really kind of like lush production early on, where it's like it felt you know like a big expanded thing. He was trying stuff. He did that like synth track on uh true affection yeah. um and then basically from here on you get ideal husband which i think is kind of repetitive and doesn't really it, it's got expanded instrumentation but it doesn't it's like one chord and then the next three tracks are just like here's a piano song and here's two guitar songs okay i'm gonna disagree with you I, honestly, you can yeah this is to me the last the last half of this record uh to me, it's side two, but it's amazing. Like the, oh wow, the, yeah, we're the, we're complete opposite the, on that. The, the lyrics in here would make it to me though. Like I, I love the lines in the ideal husband. You know, like for example, like uh, just just talking. This is basically he's bringing every bad thing he's done to his wife and saying, "Do you still want to be with her? Be with me after all yeah, these things." Yeah, it's out. It's it's already out there. Are yeah. you sure? Like yeah. I do like the lyrics on this on this back half. Yeah, but. I feel like the first half really showed like you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have good lyrics and really good music. And I felt like this was kind of like, we got, we got good lyrics and then maybe didn't care about the music as much. I don't know. I I can't quite tell. It just seems like it's way more stripped back than it was early on. Do you like how he mentions Julian Assange in this? Yeah. (laughs) He calls him Julian. Yeah. Um, By yeah, his first name. He's uh they're on a friendly basis, I guess. I do like uh, telling people's jokes just to shut them up because I feel like I've done that. Yeah, presenting <laughs> <laughs> people that I love, I've tried not to do that. Sleep until two, then doing shit, just stay in bed and later lie about that. I've done that for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta. Yeah. What'd you do? I got up for like eight, you know, like nine, and just sort of you know clean the house, and I didn't do any of that shit. People ask me. <laughs> it's like no, I woke up at ten thirty and then went back uh, to sleep. Went to bed, yeah. Then went back to bed at like two a.m. I don't quite remember what I did in the middle of that. <laughs> I think I just sat around. So the first single on this record was "Born in the, U- Born in the USA." Um, mm-hmm. I love this song. I w- this is a song that made me like, yeah, I should know how to play piano, right? Like, this is this. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. But um, but the, so it's it's my wife also dislikes this song. Um, 
mostly about the about the second verse where he talks about how uh, how many people rise and think, oh God, the stranger's body's still here. Our arrangement hasn't changed. You know, like uh-huh. yeah, thinking like, and also, you know, I grew up with so disappointing to you. She doesn't like that part of it because this this song is basically he's thinking about what a future to have with this wonderful person, right? But but uh, also talks about society and all that shit. The one yeah, I think I'm getting like it's people live in this kind of. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the cliche, I guess, or like, you know, the traditional family structure life. You've got your job, your family or stuff like that. But it's like, is what you have what you had actually hoped for? And then it talks about like, a current, you know, late stage capitalism, you know, like subprime mm-hmm. loan and, and uh, you know, uh, white U.S., white, white Jesus and then later on President Jesus. Yeah, I love the line, the save me white Jesus. Yeah. Um, but this is my least favorite on the album. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people really had a problem with the um, laugh track. Oh, I thought the laugh track was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was trying, that's what I thought too. But I, I remember I was talking to someone about this record. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if I like that laugh track in Boy in the USA. I'm like, I'm like, I think he's trying to say something with that. I don't think, I don't think you're supposed to like it. I think he's he's trying to add something to the song that's, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I almost got a vibe from it of like the stuff he's saying is almost like fodder for like a stand-up comedy thing where it's like someone would just say these things and they would say it as like, well, this is how it is. And everybody would be like, ha, 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 that is how it is. We have no choice <laughs> because um, that's just how life is. This is guy's so funny and it's, you know, it's you have choices. It's, you know. So, holy shit. This is the next song. Uh, I do want to mention that to me, this song, this song actually has two distinct parts. It just starts, mm-hmm. it gets more chaotic the last half of it. Um, I love some of the lyrics in this. Uh, at first you'd be like, well, why would this just saying things? Right. But like, uh, to me, he's leading, leading in something. For example, like the second verse, he ends with independence, happiness. I really think like mm-hmm. to, to me that, that, that's saying something. You know, like, yeah, I think I think what he's trying to get at in this one is he's kind of looking at traditions and ideas and beliefs uh, that, you know, have people have kind of based their lives around or have, you know, picked they've kind of but they've also like gone out of style. Mm-hmm. And he's he's curious near the end whether like love might be one of those those things. He's, he's kind of worried about it. Like, he's, hey, what if love is one of these old kind of out of style traditions? And he's just. You know, he asks if he has a black he has a black hole in himself or an atom bomb. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like for example, I love those for Paradise Gotta Do with Adam and Eve. You know, like I, yeah. yeah, I love that line. Um, but uh, it ends with what I feel is, what's that got to do with you and me? You know, sort of um, bringing it back to Emma. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. That's that. Like I said, that's kind of like the nucleus of this album. Mm-hmm. Is like if you're ever kind of curious what he's trying to talk about. Think about him and his wife yeah, <laughs> and love. He's probably referencing something there. When he was writing this record, he said that Emma would always tell him when he is, thought he was done with the song with, you can do better. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'd push him. Yeah, she'd push him. And it was hard for him to sing these songs in front of her. So, Oh, I bet. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I, this one, at least musically, I thought was, I like the lyrics on this one, but mm-hmm. uh, it was another kind of boring one for me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Because it it feels like it was like it was very focused on the guitar, 
And then when he did do like the expanded instrument instrumentation, it was just kind of like held root notes. Okay. Where I felt like earlier on, it was everything well, kind of got its spot and it was building on it. Whereas like was, this, you everything was felt like a, yeah, you thought lushness was missing. I mean, it had it had the instruments for it. It just it didn't seem like he they needed to be in here. Like they were, he didn't do anything creative with them. He just played the root notes, which is like the most basic thing you could possibly do with expanded instrumentation. I I see what you're saying. I just disagree. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> These are not objective opinions. Yeah, that's true. They're not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're wrong. So yeah. moving on, <laughs> I, I went to the store one day. Oh, me too. Yeah. And this song is about today, actually, and, I did not actually hadn't left the house. I, I tried to make a point to not buy anything today, but I fucked up and I bought uh, gifts for black, you know, for my wife for Christmas today on the internet. So, <laughs> you know, bad. You weren't supposed to do that. Apparently, I, I didn't know about that. I, I was thinking, you remember that that thing that buy nothing day, which would be the like the day after um, Black Friday, where people would buy nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was poor, I had a shit ton of buy nothing days. Like, like, yeah. like, there were plenty of days where I bought nothing when I was poor as fuck. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't buy stuff that often. I just, I needed to go to the store because yeah. we were out of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm out, I'm out of stuff too. I get, uh, lunch meat and bread and stuff. We do, we, oh, so we as work gave her a, a smoked turkey just, just because. Uh-huh. Um, oh, nice. And it was already, it's already cooked. So, all you do is like, sort of like, they, the, the unit packs are like, you chilled if you want. And so, uh, I've been eating a bunch of that turkey, <laughs> and it's weird. People are like from Thanksgiving. I'm like, not really. No, this is not something I brought home from my from Texas. It's something that's been stuck in my fridge for a week. You know. Yeah, <laughs> this is from last Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, luckily I pulled out of the freezer because we froze it when we left, and we didn't want it to get bad. And so now it's thawed, and I've been eating like chunks of turkey, like just going to the fridge. And just, Taking a chunk out, stick in my mouth, <laughs> like an animal. Like an animal. I've done that with a lunch meat too, uh, but that's from a habit from when I was uh, going low carb, which I'm not doing this time. Because um, mm-hmm. low carb, you just gain that shit right back. Um, yeah, as soon as you like smell a carb. Yeah, yeah you're like, oh, there it goes. You just what up? But um, I used to go to the, like we had lunch meat. I go there, just take like a hunk of it, just stick in my mouth. Um, <laughs> I'm back to kind of doing that, but I, I, I you know. I'm just hungry all the time now, which is, right? Which is great. Um, so I went to the store one day yeah, uh, this about is a, meeting his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the meat cute. Yeah, yeah. So they met in a parking lot buying cigarettes and coffee and cigarettes, firewood, and bottled wine. Long since gone. And I love this line, but I'm still drunk and hot, wide awake, breathing hard. Um, <laughs> I've felt that way before: drunk, hot, wide awake, and breathing hard. Um, but uh. He talks about like how he met when he met her and they got together. He, he is um, it's done something wrong to him. It's it's caused him to become paranoid and not eat and jealous. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, well, it's like uh, I guess what I got from this one is like because it's it's got the meeting at the beginning and mm-hmm. the end. It's like this middle part is like almost this like fantasy that he's made up in his mind about their lives and like. How that just really quick moment changed a lot of things, but then also like, you know, this future they might have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the line of, don't let me die in the hospital. I'll save the big one uh, for the last time we make love. Yeah. I also insert here a statement 
uh, cinnamon. Like like he didn't know what to write there, so he just he just wrote the yeah. here cinnamon. <laughs> but um, yeah, this song musically is just kind of like some finger picked guitar, and then like mandolin shows up for a little bit. It, and it, it's a good song to end it on. I really do think that this. Is a good I do, yeah. I think as a closing track, it would be good. Like you could, I don't think these songs are inherently bad, mm-hmm. but I think all in a row like this is what kind of made it feel like it was fizzling out. Cause I think they're good songs, Yeah, uh, but like maybe, you know, we talk about album order pretty yeah. regularly, put these between some of the like, you know, bigger, more lush tracks early on. Okay. And then you can end it on, I went to the store one day okay. and I think you have a more cohesive, maybe not cohesive, but a more, uh, uh, just a better listening experience. To, to me, the lyrics and the track, track like how it's sequenced, makes sense to me. So, I can, to me, it's like it, it makes sense to be like in the order they are in. But that's uh, only because that's because you heard it in this yeah, order. That's true. You're one hundred percent right about this. I love this uh, whole record. Um, I love almost every single song on it, and. Um, did you have an idea of what Father John Missy sounded like in your head before you listened to it? It was pretty close to this. Oh, yeah? Okay. Right. Yeah, it it was like that... I don't even really know how to describe it. This is what I think Sufjan Stevens sounds like, who I've also not listened to. He's a little different. <laughs> uh, in, not in my mind. Not in your I mean, I think He'll Sufjan show- would be a little less... Uh, I think Father John has some country, a little bit of country yeah. in him. I don't think Sufjan's going to have that. Uh He'll show up at some point. Oh, I'm positive he will. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off listening to him. Yeah. Uh, so you can get my hot takes, my first impressions. I'm, if we ever, if we, I mean, we will, but what's good to see you for you? I'm really kind of curious of what you'll think of. Because um, there's one record that I think you probably feel right. You're like, oh, I know what this sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's been ones you're like, yeah, where did this fucking come from? Right. <laughs> so, uh, but he's hard. His shit can be hard to listen to when you're not in the right mood. Right. Ooh. But uh, maybe that's maybe that, potential theme maybe coming that's, up. Maybe. Um. But yeah, that's this Father John Misty's um. I love you, Honey Bear. Uh, yeah, but I did. I like that. I. It's kind of been one of those people I've been avoiding because I always just assumed it was like, oh, it's gonna be. I mean, it sounded pretty similar to what I thought it would sound like, uh-huh. but I felt like what I thought on my first listen was going to be closer to what I ended up thinking about it, but yeah. it's, it, I, it's, it's significantly better and less, uh, douchey than I expected <laughs> it to be. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, father John Missy's second record. He has four records out. Um, the other potentially two... a fifth one coming out. Apparently he huh. just dropped a mysterious video uh-huh. the other day. Yeah. I kind of, when bands, I'm sort of disappointed when that happens. Like it, Especially brands I like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, merch sale." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like for example, I, I used to like Thursday a lot, and they put out something. And I was like, "What's going on here?" They and it was a merch sale. Like after the twenty hours was up, I'm like, "Oh, well that that did stop thinking about it now." Um, yeah, I thought this was going to be a new album, and yeah. all you're selling me is a twenty percent off weed grinder. <laughs> <laughs> My brother uh, bought a weed grinder. He found the cheapest one he found was a Rick and Morty weed grinder when he was at the head shop. <laughs> oh my God. Um, one of the first pipes I ever bought, I I just wanted a cheap pipe. 
and I bought it, and it was just the cheapest one in the store. It's five dollars. It was red. Mm-hmm. And it was glass, and I found out when I lit it up the chamber, there was a clear part in it, and when the, when the smoke filled up, you saw Bob Marley's head, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like, like, like I thought I was just getting like a nondescript pipe, but I got the most weed pipe you could possibly get. Like, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but since we've got done talking about both records. I think it's time to draw a pool with you out of the hat. I'm 100% down for that. And it's also, on my end, time to start a new notebook. John Misty, oh. build it up oh. to, like, the last line. Well, I, I, I just had this notebook. Actually, there's also stuff about work in this notebook I have. <laughs> so, um, pulling one out. What is this? Okay. Uh, just Dance. Just Dance. Okay, yeah. I think... I think I might have stuff for that. I'm not gonna. I mean, oh, in fact, I know exactly what I'm gonna pick for that because I was thinking about it the other day. It's not. It's not David Bowie. Is it Just Dance? No. Okay. No, I'm not either. But I, I'm, I'm got some ideas, but I'm not so sure. But we'll find out. Oh, very yeah, I excited. I got an idea. All right. Um. So yeah, Just Dance. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. But uh. <laughs> um. That's not it. Nope, what is that gonna <laughs> well, me and a friend of mine do the uh, music for this podcast, the intro and the outro. Uh, so if you like what you hear on either of those and you want to hear maybe what else we do, uh, you can check us out at uh, Bandcamp. Our band name is Smell. Uh, we are at smell.bandcamp.com. We've got two albums on there. They're both pay what you want, uh, including nothing. Uh, so you can listen to it for free if you'd like and hold on to those tracks. Um, and that's all I got going on right now. How about yourself? I uh, do another podcast we could call Movies that Don't Suck and Some That Do. We do two new movies a week. And this week and these next couple weeks are going to be very hard to see everything we want to because everything's fucking coming out now. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, it's called Movies that Don't Suck and Some That Do. You can find the same place you find Movies that Don't Suck Record Night. Fuck. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I, and I gotta find a time to edit that other one at some point uh hopefully they brought home some batteries because i think she got home so <laughs> yeah uh and she got a haircut so i'm excited to see how that looks and i didn't Very realize, nice. i didn't realize it's almost fucking nine o'clock uh here so um yeah no i was gonna say it's only seven o'clock yeah. all right uh well uh i'm chris and i'm ryan and this was Rick and thanks for listening bye, bye.